This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the White Tail Legacy Podcast. Alright, we're all set up here down this creek bottom. Being Buck's been in here a bunch of times, so good chance of seeing him on him. Meh. I think he just crashed right <laughs> Absolute money, dude. It's 76 degrees out. Charged from a buck and killed him at 18 yards. Here we are. Set up on a, this crate that's been absolute fire for the last eight days. We know a shooter went in here to bed. Matt. Get it? That was at eight. That's at eight. Fucked out October 28th. Homies up for the rest of November. But absolute incredible season. Both kills on hanging hunts, right on the beds. And just making it, making it happen. Tail Legacy Podcast coming in your ear holes, and we are on the road this episode, headed north, mountain down to the Mobile Hunter Roadshow, guys. Well, I'm headed up there, going to meet up with Josh Prophet, Ryan Glitzky, going to actually stay with them boys, but then uh, going to meet his he Cisco, Andre DeQuisto, uh, Cody, uh, Justin Hollinsworth, um, deer development there's a whole bunch of guys i'm really excited that i've had on the podcast i've met josh a couple times but i haven't got to meet ryan glitzky the moose um so it's going to be the moose the trail camera goat and the wlp guy uh sharing a house up there tonight so gonna be lots of fun um this episode i'm gonna come at you i figured it would be fitting to talk about the road show a little bit and then give you guys an update on the way back what i thought about it um, honest opinion, but I wanted to talk to you about my transition into mobile hunting, where I messed up, where I done good, and last year I finally started to 
get out the kinks and I was able to kill two bucks in October uh, mobile hunting. So I'm going to cover that, hopefully help a guy out there that's uh, trying to figure out his mobile game um, this year. But let's get into the people who make this possible. Let's get in with Exodus. Um, if you guys don't know anything about Exodus, you ain't listened to the podcast, maybe this is your first time. Over the last seven years, Exodus has consistently shown they built quality gear that flat out works. Of course, the best trail camera warranty, period. Every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty and even comes with theft and damage coverage. That's five years, literally half a decade, that you're cut be covered by the Exodus five-year warranty. More than likely, like I've said multiple times, you won't need this warranty, guys. I got cam that are five years old that are still out there ripping um, and taking pictures, and I got I cannot wait to pull two two I got out in the. Exodus also came out with their new arrows, the MMT, the Moment Arrows. Uh, I've been shooting these guys. They're flying really good. Um, you can go to their website, use the 3D Builder, and build a custom arrow to your specifications, your poundage, what what uh, draw length you're shooting, um, all that, and get the best shooting arrow that there is available on the market right now. So head over to their website, check that out. And like I said, if you guys need a last-minute cam, uh, next on the list is a Flector broadheads um, I was in I was in the market for a new broadhead to shoot this upcoming deer season when I came across the afflicted broadheads simply put these are broadheads built by people who care about your hunting experience they have been manufacturing some of the best hybrid broadheads on the market since 2015 and introduced an awesome line of fixed blades in the 2018 uh, the fixed blade is what I'll be shooting this year the k2 I've been shooting it real solid one to switch to a fix this year um, and it I've been shooting at 50, 60 yards. It's been lights out. So whether you're chasing small game, deer, elk, bear, moose, caribou, African game, or anything in between, Afflictor has the right broadheads for you. If you're looking for a tough broadhead, accurate broadhead, and dependable broadhead that offers superior penetration, Afflictor broadhead is your mother of all broadheads. We take our job here at Afflictor very seriously. Why? Because we are just like you, bow hunters. Like I said, I'm shooting the K2, and uh, they're tough, man. They're field point accurate. They're penetrating well. Exodus did a bunch of uh, content on their YouTube page um, with just all kinds of different broadheads and, and their arrow, and these uh, these afflicted broadheads were top of the line on every test. So that's why I switched over, guys. I'm excited to shoot this year, and uh, the blood trails look phenomenal, so I'm excited to, to get Next on the list is our boys from Next Level Deer Supplements, uh, Nate and Scott. Um, they've been partnered with this podcast for a long time. We've actually got to meet these guys in person, and they have a, a superior product when it comes to supplemental feeding and mineral. They put nothing in this product that is a sugar, an attractant, a cherry, a Kool-Aid, anything like that. They're putting in the best nutrients available to get these does and bucks to grow as big as they possibly can to their genetic potential um, and it's at a very reasonable cost when you compare it to other stuff in its category but the people that are using it are seeing great results and um, I wish here in Illinois we could do it we do it a little bit in Missouri but here in Illinois we're a non-bait site so we're not able to feed our deer but man I wish we could because the people that are using this product are killing slammers every year Next on the list is Rideon Optics. If you're in need of anything, binos, a scope for shotgun season, a scope for muzzleloader season, a scope for Georgia gun season, um, 
they are making it. Their one, Conquer 1 series is so reasonably priced for a lifetime warranty scope. It's unbelievable. Um, get on there and check out the prices of these scopes. Uh, with the quality and the lifetime unlimited warranty that you have with it, it is absolutely unbelievable what they're selling these things for. Well, like I said, guys, we're headed north to the Mobile Hunter Roadshow. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about my transition into becoming a successful mobile hunter. Um, first off, I want to talk about gear, guys. This, it, when I first started, I did not think it made that much of a difference. Um, I, I was running with some pretty uh, heavy, loud stuff, and I was able to kill with that gear. Um, I was able to get it done with that gear um, and kill a public land deer, and it, it worked good. But the system that you have is so important when you when you're on your 50th hanging hunt um if you don't have a system down with your gear because your gear just doesn't pack well or doesn't sit right um, i was running two extra ratchet straps to try to hold the stuff down mind you i am taking camera gear with a backpack and everything um and i was filming with someone else so it it did get it did get hard with that gear it was heavier didn't pack as well it was loud um one thing that I will tell you right now to stay away from is a lot of these, some of these mobile stands, the cheaper ones have ratchet straps. Absolutely no ratchet straps for mobile hunting. Um, they're loud in the woods. Uh, they don't work very well. Um, the pool cam straps are the best there is, in my opinion. But if you are buying a mobile can or mobile stand, um, just make sure it doesn't have a ratchet strap. But main thing is, whatever gear you do have, just learn how to use it correctly. Get a really good process. The process I have right now is, it's I love it. It's it's perfect for me. It might not be you know perfect for someone else, but it's perfect for me. I wear you know a harness with the XOP stick holsters, one on each side. I put hang my first stick. I go up with two other sticks on my belt. I hang those two. I come down. I grab the stand and that one stick, I go up, I hang that four stick. If I use four sticks, sometimes I use three sticks. Um, and then I hang that stand. Uh, and I try to make only two trips down, up and down the tree. Because that, that takes time and it wears you out. That's one thing that you learn about mobile hunting. Is just the pure amount of you know, strength and energy that it takes to do it time after time. Hunting over and over, tearing down, putting up, tearing down. So when when you do have a system, your teardown system is just as important as your, you know, your your hanging the stand system. You want to be quiet getting out of there, and sometimes you want to get out of there quick because if you're close to where you think a deer might daylight and, and he's 15, 15 minutes, 20 minutes late, you want to be gone and out of that area. You don't want to be taking down your stand when he's showing up. So having a system to get your sticks on your stand, I the the Loma of Custom Gear they have the J hooks. I kind of made my own J-hooks for a couple bucks from Menards um, and taped them up. They work awesome. They got a giant thumbnail on them. You can use it, the wheel, if you got gloves on. But uh, whatever you can do to, to secure those sticks on there and get out of there quick. Uh, packability is huge when you're going in a long ways. Or, like I said, when last year I did 52 hanging hunts. Um, so I hung my stand 52 times and took it down. Now, some of those were morning and evenings, 
you know, two a days. Sometimes it was three a days if I hung and didn't like where I was at, got down, moved, and it got down and moved again. Uh, so having a system that works flawlessly is, is super important. Another thing I'll talk about is your backpack. Find a way to secure, if you're going to take a backpack in, find a way to secure your backpack uh, to where it's not banging around, not making a lot of noise, and eliminate any weight out of that backpack that you can. Like, I mean, if you got extra of this, extra of that, just limit it down to the bare minimals uh, that you think that you're going to need when you're out there. You're only going out there for a few hours at a time, um, especially early season. You know, you're going on a late season or a, a late evening hunt. You're only going to be out there for two or three hours, so you don't need all that extra stuff. One thing I do suggest that you do have in there is have an extra pool cam strap in there. You get to the base of a tree and it's too big, you can loop those together and you can have uh, that extra extra strap length by looping those two pull straps together. Done that multiple times. Um, another thing is have something in there to uh, hold your bow. When you're in a mobile setup, a lot of times when you set up, you're in the tree for the first time. So I use the custom gear bow holder. I, it's mounted on my stand. I never have to even think about bringing one but they have a, mo a bunch of them out there just find something that will hold your bow that you don't have to worry about it because you you might not have a, a limb that's good to, to screw into and hang your tree you might be able to not be able to get a strap perfectly where you want your bow and mobile hunting a lot of times if you're it's your first time in there and you're in a tree and you've been in that tree before and you're on the ground that tree is a lot different when you get up on top of it. You might be leaning left, leaning right. Um, so having your setup where, where am I going to hang my backpack? Where am I going to hang my bow? Um, and then having good hooks or good system for hanging that stuff. Um, I, I am a four-stick guy, uh, but if you, like I said, sometimes I'll take three, but they pack so good I normally take four, and sometimes I only use three and I leave one on the ground. I do have aiders on all of them, uh, but just if you can get away with three sticks only take three sticks that's at least amount of stuff you can take possible the better off you're going to be when you get out there um so that was that's going into the kind of the gear get the best just to review that get the best gear that you can for the money get a really good system of how you're going to hunt and work on that system while you're hunting say you know when you're climbing up and be like man it'd be you know that didn't go very smooth how can i change it what can i do better and then when you're out there hunting, dig through that, take the stuff that you need, you think you're going to need, and then hunt two or three times. You'll be like, man, I never even pulled this second flashlight out, or I never even pulled this this extra bow hook out, or I never even pulled this, you know, 50-foot paracord out, um, and, and lose it. Just lose that stuff. It's going to make you more agile and be able to move better out there, and that is the name of the game with mobile hunting. Um, the, when I first started hunting, mobile hunting didn't really click in my head of what it actually is so getting into that we're past the gear talk getting into how i became a successful mobile hunter when i first started mobile hunting i thought you know mobile hunting was hanging a stand and sticks every time you went out and i feel like that's what a lot of people think it is like they got their areas that they go to where they had stands in the past and maybe they're 50 yards from it and they're going to hang over there Oh, and they're going to be on a fresh set, so the deer's not going to expect them being there, and etc. 
Well, that's part of it. But being a mobile hunter is reaction. That's what it is to me. That was the key, the light switch that event that happened to me. It's the reaction of, hey, there's deer over there. I need to move over there. And being able to move. Or, hey, I got a buck on cam. I need to go in there right now. Or, hey, I just had a buck hit this mobile scrape or mobile cam on scrape. I need to get in there right now. Or, I know where there's a buck bedding area. Never hunted there before. I'm going to give it a shot. I need to go now. Um, in the past, I would have my, you know, my good spots on the property, right? And I would be mobile hunting. And I would go in there and I'd hang up, you know, 150 yards away from where I already had a stand hung and uh, thinking that it's a good area. And there's nothing wrong with hunting like that. But I have found success in mobile hunting as being, like I said, reacting to the events day by day that are happening. That was the light switch event for me. Um, Like I said, I did kill a public land deer off of react and we seen a buck go down a trail we moved over there the next day hung up the same the next morning another buck went down the same exact trail i was able to kill him um, a buck we call huffy and the morning before that there's it was a 190 inch deer on that trail when i got there it was like a 125 the next day but i took the took the advantage of that buck being there and made the shot and i uh, killed a buck but don't wait for stuff to happen i mobile hunting is about attacking it's about being there first it's not about pulling cams and seeing what's going on it's about hey i think this is going to happen i'm going to give this a shot uh that's and that's the difference that's the beauty of having a mobile setup is you're not in the action you can go find the action you can get on the ground with a stand on your back and you can scout it out you can walk through there and you can hang anywhere literally anywhere you can hang and hunt anywhere you can scratch you can scout and hunt areas and then just scratch them off the map and say hey this this isn't this isn't good i didn't see any deer here i don't want to come back so the beauty of mobile hunting is you can try new areas you can try new stuff you can try you can think about that spot that you had in your back of your mind that you thought about three years ago that you're like man this would be a killer spot if i would just go in there and try it but you're like, I'm going to have to dedicate a stand to go in there and sticks, and I'm going to have to bring a set in there and hang it and then leave it. With this, you can try it one time, and if it's no good, you can pull down and leave. And that's where I found success. Go to areas. Okay, I didn't see any deer here. It's not, you know, hunt it once or twice, especially if it's good circumstances. If it's a cold front or you're on a good food source or you're on a good sign and you didn't see any deer, um, there's a reason why those deer didn't show and maybe you're maybe you're just in the wrong spot but the when i learned that the key to mobile hunting was not just going out and hanging a stand every every time so you got a fresh set in a fresh area it's literally going exactly where the bucks are that's when i started killing last year i was able to kill october 7th on a buck bed we found the buck bed late season we had trail cam uh, pictures of that deer in that area we went in there, figured he was bedding in this area with the wind, set up, and I killed him an hour before dark, coming to water, uh, right off his bed, maybe 8,500 yards. That reaction of, I got, this is why I think it's happening. I got trail cams in there. I know where this bedding area is. Let's go in there and hunt. Instead of, 
man, I don't have a stand in that area, but I got a stand 150 yards from there, and I know I can get in there without bumping anything. Let's give that a shot, and maybe that deer will go that way. No, mobile hunting is going exactly where you think you need to go. Not 100 yards off, not 150 yards off. You're going exactly where you think you need to go, um, without a doubt. And that, that was the light switch. Same thing with October 27th last year. I was out there, I was hunting. Uh, we were hunting area, we were hunting pretty hard, and I pulled a cam, and man, the cam is just on fire in there. Um, and then I we didn't go in for like a week, went in there, pulled it, and we got a buck daylight uh, that that the day before at like noon hitting a scrape. And I'm like, okay, we gotta go in there, we got rain. We go in, we hang up right on that scrape, right where that buck's at. And that scrape, man, you could just smell how fresh it was. That ruddy buck smell um, just, you know, just blasting off that scrape. Uh, we set up and we killed that buck an hour before dark, hour and a half before dark, Jay hooking right into that scrape. And that was reactive. That was, there's a buck in here. We're going to move. We had stands in that area that we could have hunted, but we wanted to move right where that deer was instead of hunting the edge and playing it safe. Mobile hunting is about getting right up in their grill and as close as you can without bumping them and making it happen. So when you start going where the bucks are with your mobile setup, that was the key for me. Instead of setting up in a pinch in a mobile setup or setting up over here on a food source in a mobile setup, it, that's still good. You're still getting a fresh set. But when you can take that mobile setup you have it effective enough where it's quiet. You get in there sneaky. You can hang up good. And you get right on top of these deer where you think they're going to be. Like in your mind, sometimes you're like, man, I know that deer's in there, but how am I going to get in there and hunt him? And then you don't go. If you have a mobile setup and you're confident in how to use it, you go right to where you think that deer is and you set up. You give that deer a 100-yard buff, whatever you can get away with. If it's 150, whatever you can get away with, 80 you get up and you set up right on that deer, and that's going to give you the best case scenario possible. Some things that are very tricky with mobile hunting that I figured out. One thing is shooting lanes. The shooting lane struggle is real. When you go into a new area to hang up on a buck, uh, you don't have the luxury of pre-setting it three months ago and you got perfect shooting lanes and you know what trail the deer are going to be on. The deer could be behind you, it could be beside you, it could be anywhere. Uh, so when when you're setting up, you got to play those shooting lanes. Maybe you need to get up higher above the limbs to get shooting lanes. Maybe you need to go lower to get below the limbs. Um, so that's something that you have to think about, and that is a really hard struggle when it comes to mobile hunting, especially if you're on public land where you can't cut anything. Because you can go in there um, and cut a little bit on private land with these mobile setups, but if you're hunting like I'm talking where maybe it's not even on a bed, but you know this buck is coming out of this field and you need, you're going to get 30 yards from that trail, 20 yards from that trail, there's a tree. Well, you're not going to be able to cut all the shooting lanes that night when you're going in there and still expect that deer to not catch your ground scent and walk right out of that trail out into that field. You need to go to that tree, minimal ground scent, set up. So you have to hang per the shooting lanes. And that's a struggle, man. That, we've struggled with that I don't know how many times. Another struggle is trees. Um, a, a lot of the stands have the adjustable platform, adjustable seat, which helps out a ton. But when you're at the bottom of a tree and you get up into it, 
you're, you're looking up into, you're like, yeah, I can make that work. And then you get up there, and that stand just won't hang. Sometimes they just won't hang level. They don't hang right. Um, and I like to hunt trees with a lot of cover, and that makes it even worse. Um, just learn, you know, learn some trees in your area that you can get into. But if not, if if you're not making it work, don't don't fight it. If you can't get in the tree, take your sticks back down and go to another tree and try it. That's the beauty of mobile hunting. If you get effective, you can be set up in 20 minutes, realistically, and get down. Okay, that tree didn't work. You get down. You try something different. Um, and more than likely, if if you're going to be in that tree and, and you're going to be suffering, you're going to be awkward leaning. Um, your shot's going to be off as well. And sometimes I get up in a tree and I'm like, man, there's no shooting. It's awkward. I got this limb coming right out my back. I can't really adjust the stand any different way. Um, I'm going to just get down and try a different stand. So another key that was the light switch event for me was understanding the wind and thermals as a mobile hunter. Now you got that stand that you go to November 3rd and Man, if it's a northwest, you're you're blowing perfect out. You know, nothing. You're not bumping anything. When you're mobile hunting, you might be going into an area you have no clue about and hanging, and you got a west wind. You think it's good, but it's not. It's swirling. It's it's bouncing off a ridge. It's hitting a goalie. Sometimes areas just swirl. There's areas that are just kind of unhuntable because they swirl, and it's it's hard to figure those areas out so a lot of times i just eliminate those and say i can't hunt there i'm educating too many deer but when you start understanding the wind and thermals in multiple different areas instead of just those stands that you normally set then you can kind of guess what the wind is going to do in certain you know certain scenarios that you've been in before because you've been instead of you hunting those five trees Last year, I did 52 sets. Um, I don't know how many different trees it was, but a lot. I'm in a lot of different trees, a lot of different sets. Now I have all that intel, okay? Now it was a west. I was in this tree, and this is what the wind and thermals did. You learn. Your learning gap on wind and thermals is just subtracted so much from hunting those regular stands because you're in so many different environments, and you're throwing yourself into stuff where you have to learn. You actually have to learn every time you hunt what the wind and thermals are doing in your area. And you have to check it and make sure that it is good, even though, you know, on, on X or hunt stand or whatever, it says, oh, it's blowing west. You need to check that area. So understanding winds and, winds and thermals as a mobile hunter, that gap of learning will be absolutely gone. You, you will be, you have learned in so many different scenarios how the wind works like I said, sometimes you can just guess what the wind's going to do, and you're right. Like, you're like, oh, there's this ridge here. It's swirled here, back here in this goalie. This goalie's pretty similar, so it might swirl. I mean, think about that. You hunt it, and it swirls, and then that's the light bulb event where you go, man, it's the same thing that happened back here. And so you put that, you know, you put that in the noggin for later use, and you think, man, it, I'm not going to be able to hunt this because the wind's going to swirl. I need to get up high. I need to make a different plan. Now the most important topic about mobile hunting, in my opinion, is the moment of truth. You, you got in, you set up on this buck, now you got to make the shot. 
never been in this tree before. You got to pick the shooting lane that you want to shoot him in. You got to figure out the yardage. You don't know any preset yardages in this tree unless you, you know, hit the rangefinder before you went there, um, before the buck come in and, and got a few trees, yardage, whatever. <clears throat> but you got to make the shot happen. And I feel like this is where a lot of people struggle when it comes to mobile hunting. Uh, they don't pre-draw when they get into their tree. Pre-drawing, and not just pre-draw in one spot, pre-draw and pivot your bow back and forth anywhere that you think you might get a shot at and see if is there a limb in the way, is my harness in the way, is my saddle in the way, what do I need to do when a buck comes in? Because that is the, the moment that you waited for all year. And literally taking five minutes and pre-drawing draw your bow back in that tree figure out what you got going on where can i shoot where can i not shoot um do i have to need to duck if a buck's over here do i need to lean out what what do i need to do so when the moment of truth comes i can make it happen and i a lot of you guys know i, I hunted with homie for a long time i would always say hey have you drawn your bow and then he would draw his bow um just a little reminder draw that bow and make sure that yeah i can make a shot here or man i we got to do something we got to adjust the stand this big limbs in the way um small adjustments are huge when it comes to to mobile hunting but just make sure when the moment of truth comes there's there's no you know there's nothing that's going to bug you up you know you're not you're not set up to where you think you're good and then there's like i said there's a tree in the way or whatever so to recap everything um, gear, know your gear, know how to use it, know how to set it up officially. Try to go as light as you can. Don't eliminate straps or buckles or whatever. Don't, you don't have to go crazy. Just get rid of the stuff that you don't need. Don't just hunt areas mobile that you hunted in the past. Try new areas. Try new stuff. Go exactly where you think you need to be to kill the buck. Um, that's the beauty of mobile hunting. Go right where you want to go. Always think about your shooting lanes, how you need to set up, what you need to do different to get the shot off, um, and pre-draw your bow when you're in the stand. Pre-draw your bow. Make sure you can get that shot off when the buck comes in, and learn and how, understand how the thermals and wind affects different areas, and that's, that's how I think I've become as effective as I have mobile hunting over the last few years from going to barely no encounters to a ton of encounters mobile hunting um, over the past three years the transition I, I feel like I've learned the gap of learning has been so intensified because I've been hunting so many different areas uh, that I feel like I've hunted 10 years the past three years but I, uh, I listened back guys I apologize about the slight hum throughout the episode I'm in the truck I'm running the new headsets uh, through the soundboard and for some reason there's a slight hum through them but Appreciate you tuning in all the way to the end. If you're thinking about getting into mobile hunting, I suggest that you do it. Do it safely, though. Wear a harness. Um, don't get hurt out there and ruin your season. But I am going up to the Mobile Hunter Roadshow. Um, I'm excited about that. Excited to meet everybody. Excited to learn some stuff, see how people are set up. Um, got huge respect for Heath Cisco and Justin Hollinsworth, Josh Prophet, Moose. They're all going to be there talking. So excited to set through that seminar and learn some stuff hopefully be able to tell you guys some stuff on the way back home but i'll let you know what i thought about the road show if it's worth the money it's only 20 bucks um and you get food so 
pretty excited about that. Let you guys know how it goes, and uh, I'll hit you back in uh, a day or two on this episode on my way home. Well, here we are on the way home from the Mobile Hunter Roadshow, and let me tell you, it was way worth it. I had an incredible time, got to meet a ton of cool people, and I learned a shitload of very small details of how to do stuff better. Uh, one thing about the show is there's so many guys there that are running the gear that you can talk about. I kind of changed my setup a little bit, how I'm going to do it. Um, I also seen a way to hang a stand with a lineman's belt. That's the best I've ever seen. I seen a little thing from uh, Genesis 3D printing to hold your strap on the tree. There's just a lot of small details that I want to get into. But uh, first off, I just want to talk about the show in general. So it was $20 to get in, which is incredibly reasonable, guys. So when we show, when I showed up, I didn't know what to expect. Um, there was about 125-ish people there, I believe. Uh, but I showed up and uh, went in there, waited in line. They gave me a ticket for prize drawings and uh, was, you know, hanging out. And automatically people, you know, we're all hunters. We all started chit-chatting, waiting in line and stuff. And everybody's, you know, excited to get in there. Uh, but 20 bucks, you get to set through the class. They give you lunch and supper. Um, and as much drinks as you can drink throughout the day. They had a cooler full of water, a cooler full of body armor, a cooler full of soda, Gatorade. Um, they had us set up in there. Um, so first of all, I was blown away by the value, cost to value ratio. Like the $20 is kind of a joke when it comes to getting lunch and supper and drinks all day. Like I didn't want for anything the whole entire time I was there. They had snacks like chips and cookies and all kinds of stuff throughout the day. Candy. Um, the hospitality was off. The, it was incredible. Andre's family was out there. Um, his wife, all of his family that worked for him, they were all out there. Uh, the kids, his grandkids were out there. Um, it's just a really nice setup place where they were really taking care of the people that showed up and making it a really good time for them. Um, but actually, the class the class started off with uh, them introducing the staff and kind of letting them know how they hunt, if anybody wanted to try to track them down and talk to them. Then they went into some individual setups with some mods, and people go hard on this. There's some guys who had some magnets holding their sticks, um, some guys who had, like I said, some really cool things from 3D uh, Genesis 3D printing, um, a guy ran a stick on the bottom of his seat, which I'm actually going to do this year, which I didn't even think about doing, um, to carry in. Pretty cool uh, idea. Um, then they went into a, uh, a podcast where it's, uh, you know, people that are there asking questions. Um, then we had the shootout. Um, it was a 107-yard shot, and uh, my HHA slider wouldn't even go that far without shooting my housing off. So I shot it for 75 yards with my 30 pin, and uh, I was about three foot low. <laughs> and then they had another shot where you shot a, a Reinhardt ball on a windmill um, at 40. Um, but the, the people that got on the target got the chance to draw for a, a bow, a new Hoyt bow. Um, then they did a seminar, like a hanging seminar, where... Um, we actually went out, they showed us how to properly hang a stand, 
how to properly hang a, a camera arm if you want to film. I have a lot of guys there wanting to get into filming um, and a lot of questions about that. And then they showed us how to uh, how to properly hang a stick, how to take down a stick, um, a rope mod, an amstill, um, all the different ways to hang a stick. They should, they went through buckleless, no buckle, buckle, no buckle, um, and they kind of let us mess with each one to figure it out. And then one of the guys that was there came up, and he's a lineman by trade. And he showed us how he hangs his stand, which is something I've never seen. So he puts his lineman's belt on, and then he puts his button that holds the stand, and he leans back and uses that button on the lineman's strap to actually hold the stand in place for him. Um, and he, you make sure that your lineman's belt is below the button. Then you run your strap. Then you can go up over the seat with your lineman's belt and never come unattached from the tree. Uh, which I thought was super badass because that's one thing I struggled was once I got my stand hung, the transition from hanging the stand to hooking onto my, you know, my lineman's belt up in the tree on the back of my harness um, was that's where that's the point that I was always unconnected. And this way, you're always connected to the tree, so you can never fall. If you fall, you're gonna get caught. So I really like that tactic. Um, another 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 thing that I really liked was I wanted a mini double step um, because get, hanging the stand off of a double step for me is way easier than exiting the stand in the dark or in the morning off a double step. Um, and one of the guys had his double step mounted on the bottom of a seat with a J-hook. And I had been thinking about how I was going to mount it effectively. So I bought got a 14-inch double mini stick that fits directly on the bottom. Um, and just going to J hook it there, which it's going to work out perfect. And now I'll have that, I'll have another 14 inches, but basically I'll have a stick that I can hang, um, on the top to have my two feet be able to be in the same spot to be able to hang my stand. So, uh, really, really like that addition. But yeah, there's just a whole bunch of nice guys there. Uh, shout out to waiting for November. Uh, this dude just met him that day. He took me out to his truck cut me up some deer salami, gave me a beer, two beers, I think, and we were just chit-chatting, hanging out. Um, he's on Instagram, YouTube, uh, and uh, then, of course, I met Ryan Glitzky, Josh Prophet, he's Cisco, Justin Hollinsworth, all awesome guys um, that I I had met Josh before as the only one, and uh, I got to meet all them guys and have, you know, a good conversation with them during the breaks of the show. I um, got to thank Andre for coming on the show, um, giving some content, and uh, got to see kind of how the company's run, got to see some of the bucks that Andre has killed. Um, it, it was just it was just a badass show for the cost of $20. It's just mind-blowing how much knowledge you get. They also did the, uh, the Mobile Hunter uh, Relay. It was like a tournament with... They picked, they draw some cards, and uh, you did like a relay run where you had to hang a stand correctly and then shoot a bow out of it and then do some other stuff, uh, which was cool to watch. And then they drew for prizes, and they probably gave away eight to $10,000 worth of stuff. Um, tree stands, vortex optics, backpacks, 
sticks, a lot of, a lot of cool things, boots. Um, but I was, I really enjoyed myself with the show. Not only the show, but the people that were there. And I just cannot talk about the hospitality of his family at their house with all these people. Um, just making sure that you have everything that you need. Actually caring about you like 100%. Wanting you to have the best time possible. Um, and I did. I had, a, I had a wonderful time. So I hung out there pretty late. I'm driving home pretty late. Uh, but it was way worth it. So if you guys ever get the chance to go to there, the Mobile Hunter Road Show, I suggest you go. It was a really cool time. I got to meet some new friends and uh, going to get to follow along with their hunting this year. Well, that's going to wrap up the show. Just to recap everything that I talked about here. At the beginning, I talked about you know becoming a, a successful mobile hunter or efficient mobile hunter. I'm hitting on some tactics. One thing that I wanted to talk about that I didn't mention before is you don't always have to be mobile. Um, if you have preset stands that are in good money spots, say you got like a really good field edge preset stand or you got a really good rut preset stand, hunt that stand if you feel like that's the spot you need to be. You don't have to hang and hunt every single time. I have multiple preset stands that I utilize throughout the year um, if I feel like it's where I need to be. And, and we've killed out of those stands multiple times. So you know they're in a good area, but having that mobile backup to be able to strike and make a move um that's that's key and and to make it happen when you just don't know exactly what's going on you're, you're trying to figure it out and you're going to move in and strike an area that you think's hot so don't don't ride off those pre-hung sets and it's okay to hunt those um and then the uh the mobile hunter roadshow i would highly suggest that you go to one if you like mobile hunting um even if you don't like their gear i mean they covered saddle hunting they covered xop was there they covered their stands so even if you don't use lone wolf custom gear or you use tethered or any other saddle company um, it's still cool to see how people are utilizing their gear and how they're setting it up and hunting out of it so I highly suggest that you, you make it to a show. And like I said, I was blown away by the hospitality of the DeQuistos family. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Going to be coming at you every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time like I always do. Um, if you guys would please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify and let me know how I'm doing, what you like about the show. And if you have any questions about mobile hunting or hunting in general, don't be afraid to reach out on Instagram. Um, Cody Jenkins WLP is my personal Instagram or Whitetail Legacy Podcast on Instagram, Facebook. Hit me anywhere. I, I'd love to chat with you about your deer season. I appreciate you tuning in all the way to the end. Uh, one thing I'm going to start doing, the first person that messages me that they listened all the way to the end, DM me on Facebook or Instagram, and I'll send you out a shirt. First guy. So whoever caught this right off the rip is going to get lucky. Like always, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy. And Whitetail Legacy is out. So we're coming in your ear holes at 11 a.m. Central Time next Wednesday.